Hey, everybody, I'm Kate Conroy. I'm Vanessa Vitello. And this is Other People's Business, which is a podcast from the New Jersey Business and Industry Association, the largest statewide business association in the country. We release a new episode every other Wednesday, so be on the lookout for that. Shout out to New Jersey manufacturers. They do home, auto, and workers comp, and they are the official sponsor of the show. So check them out if you need some updated Awesome. Just a housekeeping matter or two before we get this train rolling. This podcast is available just about anywhere you can get a podcast. That's iTunes, Google Play, Amazon's TuneIn. We even throw these things up on YouTube if you'd rather watch than listen. But no matter how you check the show out, show it some love. Give it that like. Give it that comment. Give it that five-star review on iTunes. Start your own podcast where you review and discuss episodes of this podcast. Kate and I would be happy to be a guests. Occasionally. Happy. Not every time. Occasionally. Absolutely. <laughs> but with all of that out of the way, our very special guest today is Roseanne DeTaurus of, and I'm going to, I always get this wrong, so you're going to have to help me out here. Rose, uh, DeTaurus and DeGeorge Family Law. That's right. Perfect. Got I always it. pronounce it wrong. I don't know why. <laughs> Say hi, let the audience hear your voice. Hey, everybody out there. I'm real happy to be here again for my third time on Other People's Business. Yes, That's you're right. joining a very elite club. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Yep, this is the hat trick club. You're in it now. <laughs> okay, so today's icebreaker is what are you currently binging? It could be books, movies, television, food. Are you going to kill me if I tell you that there's an alarm going off in my house right now that I have to shut off? <laughs> no, I'm not going to kill you. Do you go, want uh, to, uh... go stop it. We'll, we'll pause the show here. We'll come right back. <laughs> I'm binging a couple of things. Uh, Book-wise, there is an author uh, that wrote The Lincoln Highway called, uh, his, his name is Amor Tools, like, yeah. Tools T-O-W-L-E-S, fantastic. I, I read The Lincoln Highway and then I went out and bought all the other books that he wrote. I'm presently oh. reading Rules of Civility, which he wrote, fantastic. He just, I, I haven't read fiction in a long time where I actually chuckle to myself at the clever language and i'm like oh that's clever and interesting the way he coins uh phrases uh because I, I don't really i'm not really a trashy novel kind of person i want something like a little more cerebral if you will in terms of tv i don't have regular tv i just been i just stream i'm watching um i would say that's more and more common yeah yeah, yeah. the beauty queen of jerusalem i don't know why I also finished, I just finished. Um, oh, wait, what's the beauty queen? Of what Jerusalem? is that? Yeah. It's about, uh, it, it, it goes back and forth between like the 1920s and the 19, late 1930s. It's about a, a Jewish man who is, who resides in Jerusalem and he, he was living in America and he, he went back to Jerusalem at his family's, his father's request to take over his father's business, which is like a, a food business, like a deli or something like that. And then they arrange a marriage to a woman that he doesn't love. And he is pressured to marry this woman that he doesn't love. And he really loves the beauty queen who is Jewish, but from the Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi sect? Yeah, Ashkenazi. Ashkenazi. And they are arch enemies, these two Jewish sort of uh, wow. groups. And his family is crazy mad at him because he wants to be with this other Jewish woman. Uh, and it's just, it's just about that and the torment he goes through. And 
It's wow. good. But you know, the, the really great show that I just finished was Under the Banner of Heaven. I've heard great things. Based on a book by John Krakauer, who's read who's written a lot of books and they're they're true book. They're 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 true. They're they're true stories. He wrote in into thin air about the catastrophe of like six people dying on Mount Everest. He actually went up Mount Everest with them and on the way down, uh, many of them died. He, he survived. He wrote a book called Into the Wild about a college student from Emory University who went into the wilderness of Alaska and couldn't get back and died. Um, so this is a book about the Mormon, uh, a Mormon community in, in Salt Lake where uh, there's a murder of a Mormon woman and the story of the uh, catching the murderers. Uh, and you said that this is nonfiction? Correct, true story. Oh, wow. And it actually happened. And um, Andrew Garfield plays the protagonist, the uh, detective who's also a Latter-day Saint. He's a, he's a member of that religious community, but he's also the detective on this murder investigation and what he discovers sort of in within the uh, LDS community and, and hierarchy and leadership is pretty astonishing. So, uh -huh. That was fantastic. That's seven episodes. Hulu. Hulu, cool. That's been on my list actually, Under the Banner of Heaven. Um, but jumping back to Amor, I read um, A Gentleman in Moscow. I read that, yep. Oh my Lord, I just wanted to sit all day in one place turning pages in that book. It was so beautifully rendered. It was so beautifully done. I just, I could not get enough of that book. Mm -hmm. It's, he's, I, I haven't found a, 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 an author like him uh, in a long time. There, there's another uh, author who's pretty good too. Her name is Satter, Satterfield. Satterfield. Anyway, I would have to look up the book that I read recently. But more tools is just fine. He's magnificent. I agree. Magnificent is a good word. Yeah, I agree. Vin, what are you binging? I, I have a. This is going to be the other end of the spectrum. I just finished uh, Stranger Things, or at least the, the season four, part one. I actually thought this was going to be the last season. Cause um I don't know they they have like a part two coming up in another month or so and usually with Netflix they split up that last season just to kind of get one more cash grab out of it but apparently they're they're splitting up season four and then there's gonna be a five so yeah wow uh, is that is that sort of the same uh, theme of this sort of uh, you know uh, sci-fi kind of thing sure you ever see E T yeah. So Stranger Things would be E.T. if E.T. was evil. <laughs> I don't know. So it was it's um it's a story about some kids in the 80s that have to save the world from, you know, some kind of like I don't want to call it an alien. They're monsters. Um yeah. but yeah, it's 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 sort of an R-rated adventure. I don't know. Um yeah. it's all the first like season or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, then then you should be good with yeah, it's it's basically been that all along. It's okay. kind of wrapping up their whole story because every season it ends, they save the world, but then they they always give that little teaser like, yeah, but the problem is still there. So uh -huh. now we're kind of um, moving towards a direction where maybe we can eradicate that problem altogether. <laughs> but yeah, that, um, we finished that and then I, I just started Obi-Wan on uh, Disney Plus and that's been great. It's sort of halfway done, but yeah. 
Nice. Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. I feel so, uh, you know, like you're talking about like these real serious things and I'm like, yeah, I watched Stranger <laughs> Things and Obi-Wan, but it, it's it's what I have the mental capacity for right now, so. Takes all kinds. I remember yeah. when Star Wars came out and we actually went to see it in a theater and it was one of the first movies I ever saw as a kid where we actually clapped at the end, you know, the That's way awesome. it, the first yep. first one. Yeah. Yep. It's a I remember total classic, yeah. I remember I that yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I saw Jedi in the theater and it was the same thing. We clapped at the end. We couldn't believe what we had just like witnessed. It was amazing. Yeah. I was too young to see the the first three in theaters when they first came out, but they re-released them in the nineties with all those changes. And it, it was it was bittersweet because it was so awesome to see Star Wars in theaters. But every so often you're like, wait, why did they do that? <laughs> so it yeah. made a lot of dumb changes. A lot of dumb changes, like a lot yeah. of really dumb changes. A lot of really dumb changes. Oh, they were they like created, like updated the movies. Yeah, well, they they slapped a bunch of digital effects into it. And yeah. in some cases you really can't uh, notice, but in other cases, they are really slapping you across the face with it. And uh -huh. um those movies that when they first came out, they they were very reliant on practical effects because that's all you had then. Right. So when you stick a CG character next to a puppet, it just it doesn't work. And they never figured that out. So they they really doubled down, and that's what those movies have been like ever since. But also <laughs> the CGI technology was fairly new in the '90s, and it just yeah. it was not very elegantly done. Yeah, mm -hmm. CG Job of the Hut was awful. Just <laughs> awful. <laughs> what are you binging Kate? um so i actually i have two today sort of like you um i started something called love on netflix which flew under my radar for a long time it's a judd apatow show so immediately i'm like okay well this can't be bad if it's judd apatow and um hmm. it's sort of half romantic comedy half freaks and geeks the jillian jacobs who's the she was on community for a long time is the the woman and this man i guess the love interest but we haven't gotten there yet is played by somebody i've never met before um or obviously i've never met any of these people but i've never seen him anywhere <laughs> else before um but he fits that judd apatow kind of nebbish dorky glasses kind of a kind of a guy and they have sort of accidentally struck up this friendship and now they're running into each other all over the place and the conversations they have are really fun and silly and I don't know, they're both young adults just trying to figure it out, like get through life and work without, you know, wanting to kill someone basically. <laughs> like they're just struggling a little bit. And the book I'm reading that I'm loving is called Vera Kelly is Not a Mystery. And it's the second in a series, I guess. The first one was Who is Vera Kelly? And it's about this um, LGBTQ woman in the 60s who's in the closet from like the world, because back then it was sort of illegal to be out, you know? Um, and she gets drafted by the CIA to be a spy in Argentina, I think, that was the first book. And she makes enough money to buy a house in um, like Brooklyn or Bronx when she gets back to the States. Um, but then she gets outed at her job. And so she has to like figure out what her next job is gonna be. So she puts an ad in the newspaper and she's like, I'm a former spy, maybe I could be a detective i don't know like a pi so it's really really fun it feels very true to life like she's just got these issues these these problems in her life like everybody does and she's got this little extra added problem of trying to 
make a living, it's great. It's great. I'm writing that down. I'm writing those two down. Love and um, Vera Kelly. Vera Kelly. Why is she not a mystery? I haven't gotten that far yet. That's the name <laughs> of the second book. That's and so right now she's got like a, a client. She's you know been hired to find this boy who's disappeared from his grandmother's house. Um, so I don't know why she's not a mystery, but I have to believe that pretty soon she's gonna start connecting the dots. And I don't know, but um, they're really well written. They're really fun. They're not trashy. They're but they're not necessarily cerebral either. They're just like kind of hard boiled, like throwbacks to those you know hard boiled yeah. PI stories. Yeah, cool. those are always good, though. I agree. And I don't like mysteries, but I'm loving these. Okay. Yeah. Well, on that, Roseanne, I, I know you've been on the show before, but remind our audience what you guys do there. So we uh, do family law and divorce. That's all we do. I'm one of 150 lawyers in the state of New Jersey out of 41,000 of us that has a specialty certification in family law. Um, not allowed to use the word expert because the uh, rules of professional conduct for lawyers would pro prohibit us from saying we're experts. But Am I allowed to call you an expert? If yeah. I call you an expert, is that okay? I would say so. I would say you're an expert. We, we settle 99% of all the cases we take without going to court, and we do that with what I call the iron fist in a velvet glove approach to conflict <laughs> resolution. So I can take out my iron fist if I need to, and certainly we're not being hearted, but we'd much rather use our velvet glove, and we, we're very good at settling cases, and that's really how divorce should be done. Yeah, I can I can do a little testimonial. Roseanne helped me lose about 200 pounds a few years ago, and uh. Uh, <laughs> and she did it. There, it. It was contentious. I mean, it wasn't a smooth and easy divorce by any means, but we did not have to take out the iron fist at all. It, we, we settled really quickly and easily and relatively painlessly as well so um yeah i always Props tell people the um, <laughs> my dad used to ask me did you he would always ask me when he saw me did you win in court and i would tell him that nobody wins in divorce everybody loses it's it's not a zero it's it you, nobody's life is the same i don't care who you are yeah. and the best settlement is one where i think both parties leave the settlement table equally unhappy <laughs> nobody should be dancing we're equally together. happy <laughs> exactly. well, nobody should be sometimes it's a good day. thing getting out of these things you know who knows yeah. yeah yeah and you know there's a cost to divorce and it's not just mon money it's time your time away from your life and and emotional toll so you have to decide how much of the, all those costs do you want to spend it's not True. just money although that is expensive um and sometimes closure is much more valuable to people. And I, I, I try to counsel people in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Has, or sorry, go ahead. No, I was just thinking that it's a really, really well-reasoned thought. You, you like, it can be easy to get caught up in the, like, the anger and like wanting to punish someone and make them pay for like all the years of pain and suffering or whatever, you know, every marriage is different. Um, but if you look at it from a practical standpoint, like what are your goals and how much are you willing to put into getting your goals? Exactly. Math. And that's my job is I give you choices. You decide which, you know, I call them little baby rabbits in a field you want me to chase. Which one of those, you know, your divorce is 20 baby rabbits. I can chase all of them if you want to spend all that money. 
Mm. And, and most people, you know, they want to know what they're entitled to and what their obligations are, but you have to always couch that in terms of what are the costs and expenses, psychological, emotional, and financial associated with achieving those rights, you know, and that's always what it is. It's, it's a compromise. It's the way to go. Letting go. Has, yeah. Has the process changed at all in the last couple of years? Like, you know, you're saying time away. I imagine a lot of this stuff gets done over Zoom and stuff, or, or maybe not, but that's just my guess. Has that changed the process at all? Has it made it cheaper or more expensive or anything like that? I think it's made it more affordable, to be honest with you, because once COVID hit and the, the uh, judiciary shut down, um, it used to be throughout New Jersey that for family ca court cases, and that's all we do, if you wanted to file something with the court, like an application or a complaint for divorce, anything, you had to hand deliver it or go there and you know bring it or mail it. When COVID hit, the building shut down. Nobody was in the courthouses. They had to develop very quickly an electronic filing system that did not exist before. Now it existed for what they call civil cases, like contract, breach of contract type cases, but didn't exist in the family court in New Jersey. So that was a great efficiency that, that, that was created due to COVID. We don't have to spend money delivering things to the courthouse because sometimes we're at, you know, things get filed at the 11th hour and the courthouse closes at 4.30. We would be running over there with paperwork because there's I, deadlines. Like that's what- You would believe that they would have figured that out at least years ago. Oh, you know? I know. <laughs> right, think about that. But but you know that's how it was, and 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 we have to follow these rules of procedure. That's you know th there are deadlines for things that we have to do. The other efficiency is 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 court via Zoom. It used to be now I would go to let's just say a settlement conference. Show everybody gets a notice. Show up at nine. I could be there all day waiting for twenty minutes in front of the judge. All day. What am I doing? I'm talking to my client. I'm trying to find a quiet place where I can work. And if I remember to bring my laptop and there's good Wi-Fi service, I might be able to get something done. But my client, unless I'm working actively on something else, is paying me to sit there to wait. Okay. Now, for the most part, it's you show up, you know, case A, you show up at nine, case B, you show up at 9.30, C, 10, and so on. So my clients do pay us to sit around and do nothing. Now, Oh, the courts have the discretion to bring you in and they use that like in my opinion like a hammer meaning they know you don't want to go so they that pressures you to settle so, so that's what i was going to ask is it now that the now that um you know the, the world in general has been opening up a lot more has it been moving away from the zoom and and so now okay so now they say like you got to come in or dot 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 okay yeah, and if they tell you to come in for a settlement conference, you're there all day. Wow. You know, that you can go in, like, let's say you're outside in the hallway talking for two hours and you're not getting anywhere. You go in, you tell the judge where you're at and you're like, this isn't settleable. You're, you know, it's just not working. He, he or she will be like, you're here all day. Go back out there and keep trying. <laughs> and yes, this is my life. Wow. So, and, you know, I did during COVID, I tried a number of cases um, by Zoom was really actually pretty easy because everything we submitted all our evidence electronically we shared screens and it was just much more conducive because you know instead of I, I tried a case we had over 120 trial exhibits if I was doing that in person I'd have to have three or four banker boxes with me back and forth every day that I was in trial 
and I'm a small person and you know I'd probably have to have help getting into the courthouse and out of the courthouse just to get this paperwork there now it's you know the judges are looking at the stuff on their screen and it's just it's just much easier not all of them will do that but a lot of them do do you ever get somebody who is on the Zoom and they're contentious and they like don't want to turn on their their camera? They're like, I'm not, I'm here, but I'm like not going to participate. <laughs> Does the judge mandate that everybody turns their cameras on? Yes, they do mandate that. And uh, I have not experienced what you're talking about, but um, the judge does mandate that you uh, have your camera on. Well, and, I think you would have to to mitigate cheating and whatnot, right? Well, not only that, and you're, you're not supposed to have anybody in the room. We actually had- I Right, actually, that's what I meant. <laughs> actually tried a case, a domestic violence case. I represented the defendant who was being accused of domestic violence, which is uh, rare. I mean, we usually represent victims, but this fellow asked us to represent him. And we found his spouse during her testimony by Zoom was conferring with another lawyer. She had a lawyer who was questioning her. And then I was cross-examining her by Zoom. And she had her phone. Be, so right now I have my phone right in front of me, but you can't see it, right? That's right here. <laughs> she had her phone just like that. And on the phone, listening was another lawyer, a friend of hers, coaching her. And we caught her doing that because we got her cell phone records and we matched it to the transcript of the proceedings, the timestamps. That's and hardcore. We, <laughs> So she destroyed her credibility and we were able to win that case because the judge after that questioned her about whether she was really doing that and she lied. Not only did she violate the rules by having a third party listening in, she then lied about it under questioning by the court. And then we filed an application to dismiss her pleadings and we won because the court, there's a theory called false us to one, false us to all. So if you tell one falsehood and the court finds that you told one falsehood, they can deem everything else you've said a falsehood. So. Well, it's perjury, right? So that was in, yes, it's perjury. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's criminal. Um, I don't think she was charged to be honest, but, um, and frankly, I didn't think he committed an act of domestic violence. If I had thought he was guilty, I would have not. I would. I, I have a hard time being in cases like that. I have Is to this a typical you. thing where they, um, like you were saying that you suspected that they were doing this, so you subpoenaed the the records. Is that a typical thing where um, you would think to do that, or was this a unique case? Like I remember during the pandemic, my wife was taking her principal exam, and they had everyone walk around the whole room with their phone to show like, okay, here's every nook and cranny, here's every room. And then they had to turn off their phone on the webcam just so that it was absolutely certain that there were no, you know, like avenues for this kind of thing. Does that happen typically? No, the court is not typically asking people to show the room. Uh, but in some cases where we did see uh, a glimpse of a person, the court would do that. It's in a couple of my cases, they, but the 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 case that I was just telling you I'm about, Gary's talking to me. Um, <laughs> the case I was just telling you about was very uncommon. You know, it was six days of trial. These usually domestic violence cases, one day of trial and it's resolved one way or the other. But this was a very unique case, and she kept pushing the envelope and. Um, you know, she was really grinding her axe and, and my guy was adamant that he did nothing wrong. And, you know, he, he, he pushed, he, you know, he, 
he wanted a, her to put her money where her mouth was and she couldn't. But that was very, that would have been uncommon. And frankly, he's the one who figured it out. Mm. Interesting. So you, you mentioned- know, My job is so, is so interesting. I, I could tell you stories. You, it's it, you wouldn't believe it's it's true but these are these are actually it's truth is they what like what they say truth is stranger than fiction it's true yeah i actually wanted to ask you about that because before you mentioned you know divorce and and family law or maybe even just divorce everyone leaves equally unhappy right do you leave equally unhappy do you enjoy you know because <laughs> it, it, it's it's kind of weird like you know like when you say like it's an it's an unhappy profession but you got to be happy doing it right <laughs> you know? Well, what, what, what I find happy about it is, is I get, I think of what I'm doing as serving and I, I've always wanted to be, a, I'm a Christian and I believe in serving my community. And I do believe that for the most part, and there are exceptions, that I am serving the greater good by helping people that do not want to be in these unhappy marriages, get out of these unhappy marriages. And I want to feel, I, and the way I feel good at the end of it is by what I feel is doing a good job of representing them vigorously, but not being a jerk, you know, not, not grinding uh, the litigation process for my own benefit, you know, trying to figure out ways where we can compromise and, and counseling my clients to, to, you know, make some compromises here and, and then we can be done, you know, always sort of helping them see that closure and, and finishing is, is really valuable. I also love that my day is is different every day. Everybody's life is different. If you know, I was divorcing you, Vinny, you have different things going on than than Kate has going on. And so from that standpoint, it's very intellectually stimulating. I love being an entrepreneur. I have a small firm, five lawyers, including myself. We have five paralegals and a couple of admins. I love leading them. I love teaching the younger lawyers. I love helping them grow as as lawyers. I love the, the business of law. So, you know, I, I have a lot of freedom and I'm very blessed. So it, there's not, there's not a lot to not like about it. Good so answer. you said there are 150 family law lawyers in New Jersey? That have a specialty certification from the New Jersey Supreme Court. So that's one way. So I tell people, if you are getting divorced and you have anything at stake in your marriage, uh, make sure you get an expert. Okay, well, how do you know you have an expert? You look for the specialty certification and there's only 150 of us in New Jersey. So I was gonna ask, since you were talking about your team, how many are on your team? We have five lawyers, two of, two of them are certified. Cool. It's a pain to get certified. It's like 40 people applications. <laughs> yeah, you have, to, you have to catalog for the court um, all kinds of cases that you've appeared before. You have to identify the docket number, the case name, the adversary, the judge who you appeared before, the resolution of the case. Then you have to get like 10 lawyers to vouch for you. You have to get like 10 judges to vouch for you. Then you have to take a test and, and you get keep your recertification. I have to take twice as many continuing ed classes as a regular attorney does. So it's a big thing to be certified. It takes a lot of effort. I was gonna say, just getting 10 competitors to uh, vouch for you might be hard. Well, that's why, you know, you don't wanna be a jerk. You know, it's not about us. <laughs> right. You, know, you, you get a reputation quickly if you're kind of jerky to your adversaries. Sure. <laughs> it's one thing to be a good lawyer, tough, and, and you know, a vigorous advocate, but you don't have to be a jerk about it. Yeah. There's, sure. there's, there's a line. Television okay. has taught me otherwise, FYI. 
right <laughs> it's not like shows. <laughs> yeah you burn bridges because you know what i'm going to work with that lawyer again i may not work with you ever again exactly and i want to i want to settle cases with that lawyer i don't want them to think remember me like oh there she is again here we go you know we've already made judgment calls Kate makes an interesting point. So courtroom dramas are probably very different from, you know, the reality. Have you ever watched one that you thought this got it spot on? And have you ever watched one that you were like, no, this is as far from reality as it gets? Um, you know, I've seen it all. I've, <laughs> seen, I've seen people, I, I did a 14, the longest trial I ever did was 14 days. These people didn't have two nickels to rope together, but they fought over the two nickels ridiculous like the height of ridiculousness and and frankly i think it you know it was the adverse party who was representing themselves well you know i think okay when you say that i i think it was chris rock who and i could be wrong but i want to say it was chris rock who once said when you've got like a hundred million dollars and your spouse takes 50 you've still got 50 million dollars right you've got two nickels and somebody takes one of them that's a big deal you know yeah and it was really just about um you know, vindictiveness because my client wanted to settle and she was a, a, had a disability and she was entitled to alimony. And so, but, you know, and I, you know, and then I've done the ridiculous cases where we, you know, we had a trial over who got custody of the dogs and dogs in New Jersey are considered personal property. They're not considered children like custody. You can't have custody of your dogs. It's who owns the dogs. Mm. And That's such a fascinating idea because I don't know anybody who has dogs that would think of them as anything but children but I don't have kids and so maybe that's just me they're my babies you know <laughs> and, you know it runs the gamut I mean people fighting over the China the art collection the the, the weapons collection fighting the over weapons. the the, 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 the vacation home uh, family-owned businesses often breed a lot of adverse you know reactions in people because they're family owned and you don't want to share um it but, could just be self-preservational i don't need this person who's really mad at me to have our stash of weapons you know <laughs> yeah well this is true this mm. is <laughs> all right on that note i think we're going to take a break and we're going to come back in a minute And welcome back. And now it is time for our second icebreaker of the day, which today is brought to us by Varus GP. The question is, if you were stranded on a deserted island, what celebrity would you want to be stranded with you? Does Jesus Christ count? <laughs> I'd say he counts. He's, I mean, the, by definition of celebrity, everybody knows who he is. So yeah, sure. Everybody knows who he is. Yeah, you're totally right. And also, would, it's a really practical answer. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get too flippant with this, just considering who he is. But, I mean, you know, you have a lot of water around, he could make it into wine. <laughs> you know, you have maybe if you have a little bit of bread, he could make it into fishes, you know, or oh, is that how that worked? No, no, it wasn't that he was changing bread into fishes. It was that he was no, infinitely generating them, right? Like, I don't right. know how well, that worked per se, but yeah, it's a very I practical response. I wouldn't be wanting him there to do any sort of miracles or or things like that as much as i would want to know sort of like what's the point you know like what you know what's the meaning of life kind of like really uh big questions like or, or, or is the is the earth just really 
the uh, imagination of some higher being decided to create the earth and put it on the head of a pin and, and we call it earth and like they're just like sort of watching it and, and unfold and it one day it's just going to disintegrate because we're just going to kill ourselves and you know global <laughs> warming or is there really is there really a god like is is you know like i would just be wanting to know those kinds of great questions existential I love the you know alleviate my existential angst yeah i feel like <laughs> don't we know right? all of his answers to those questions though i mean assuming you've read the book right I've like read, i have read the book right so no there are there are pieces of the book that contradict each other though i do and especially when you talk about LGBTQ and all of that, and you know what what does what is really what is really expected of us as human beings? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't want to get too deep into the religion, you know, but God promises, right, uh, salvation, everlasting life, and right. you don't have to do anything to achieve that except believe. So then, what's the point of being a good person? Correct. If, so why why do you know why morality? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just for the sake of morality. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like there are a lot of things in the book that that talk about you know morality for. Well, I mean, I, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a theology you know major or anything here, but um, I mean there are things where you know you have like there are commandments and there are, and even beyond the commandments, there are, there are certain sins and everything, you know? So, I mean, they do get into why you should be a good person, but, even beyond just the, the golden rule of do unto others as you know, you would want done to yourself, but yeah. But those are just expectations. Roseanne is correct that more than once it is stated that you don't have to do anything to get into heaven except believe. That's interesting. So what I think the answer is, and which I would love to talk to Jesus personally about, is that the reason there's 10 commandments and we're expected to conduct ourselves in certain ways is, is so that we reflect the values of Christ in the world to draw people, like it's attraction, not promotion. Like I, I, I'm going to demonstrate Christ-like qualities, let's say, by who I am and what I do and how I treat people and thereby draw people into belief. That's, I think, what the point is. Sort of like be the change you wanna see yeah. in the world. Mm -hmm. I yeah. guess, you know, yeah. So I am i hadn't thought about this when you first mentioned it, cause I said, we, we kind of know all of his answers to that. But since you said there are contradictions, it was passed down for a long time, like a game of telephone. There probably are a lot of things that, you know, whatever the original, you know, um, thing was, is probably not what we read today. So yeah, well, it would be good to get straight from, you know, the source. It would be. So you, when you think about the Bible as a collection of books and stories that was compiled by a guy or a committee of men in the original Greek, I think, mm -hmm. um, it is fascinating to consider what they left out and why they included the things that they included, many of which often contradict each other. Like if you think about the Song of Solomon, which is beautiful poetry, and the book of Leviticus, which yeah. is just, forgive me, kind of hateful. Um, yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, I studied comparative religion when I was in college, and so I could sit and talk about this for hours. So but, could I. Um, 
yeah, I think it's fascinating. But you know, just to your point, I would like to know what are the what is the truth uh, uh, between those inconsistencies? And and what about this notion? Because not only is there inconsistencies, it's some uh, academics say um, you have to take these words in context of when they were written. And then other academics say, no, they're a perennial truths. It doesn't matter that they were written 2000 years ago. Well, right. which is, you know, right. because some of this stuff is crazy, doesn't like Leviticus. Well, yeah. wait a minute, you know, where's only one man, one woman for marriage, but uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta cut off the the head of the sheep, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. Or, anymore, but this does. Yeah. Or the, the rule of thumb, which I believe comes from the Bible. And the rule of thumb is that you're allowed to beat your wife, but it can't be with a branch wider than how wide your thumb is. That's where rule of thumb comes from. And it's, I think it's right out of the Bible, which is, I'm sorry, but I don't know anybody who thinks that that's reasonable. <laughs> I, hope, I hope I don't know that's anybody. It's a pretty big branch. It's a pretty big twig. Pretty big branch, yeah. yeah. Rule of thumb. Mm. It's crazy. I didn't anyway. ever heard that before. I'm going to look that up. I hope I'm wrong, but I think I read that somewhere that it's uh, from the Bible. Anyway. Anyway. That was, <laughs> that was our second icebreaker brought to you by Varus GP. Thank you so much. Shout out to Varus. Actually, going off the shout out to Varys, I, I texted Kate this a couple of weeks ago, but Varys was on our show, I, I don't know, about a month ago, maybe a little bit more. And Michelle Benton recommended the Gold Belly um, Nightingale ice cream bars, which she said put the original ice cream bar to shame. So I finally um, took a lookout for them, found um, some in Walmart, and she's right, it's Divinity. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's that's what I'm truly binging this week. <laughs> An ice cream bar called Gold Belly. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. I'm, <laughs> I'm a daily ice cream eater. Yeah, it's it's yeah. amazing. I don't I don't know how else to describe it. So when she when she came in, she called the original ice cream bar gross. And I was like, hold on, I don't want you to besmirch the good name of the original ice cream bar. I'm sure this is better. But having had the the thing that she was recommending. I mean, I'm not going to call the original one gross, but I can see by comparison where you would get that. It <laughs> really is that much better. Means? What do you mean by the original one? Like what you would, if you just close your eyes and I say ice cream bar, the thing that okay. pops in your head, that's the okay. original. This, I mean, and actually they're not even the only ones that are doing this. Because when I went to Walmart and I was looking around in the, the frozen you know, desserts area there, there are a bunch of people trying to make high-end dessert versions of things that we, you know, appreciate, you know, in general. So, I mean, you could you could go with that one. You could probably try whatever looks good when you're there, but just know that there are some awesome options out there. Check it out. Absolutely. I'm Sorry. So, thank you to Veros GP for that and sponsoring the show. <laughs> All so, kinds of tidbits today. I know, right? <laughs> Roseanne. Would you have any advice that you would give to your younger self? Oh boy. I wish I could talk to that girl for hours. Uh, I think the biggest thing I would tell my younger self is don't worry so much. Everything kind of works out the way it's supposed to. Somebody that's a big worrier. Um, it's taken me, you know, I'm, I'm going to be 60 years old. So, uh, 
there's been a lot of years in there that I worried unnecessarily. And it's, yeah. it, it drains you. So um, worry about money, worrying about, you know, because I've been an entrepreneur for 20 some years and it's, you know, there's hairy years in there that were pretty hairy. 2008 comes to mind. And, you know, mm -hmm. you just wonder, how am I going to make ends meet? And, you know, I think uh, as my faith has increased, my worry has gone down. And so I think I would just tell my younger self, don't worry so much. Okay. Let, it go. Let go of what you can't control. Try your hardest and the outcome is out of your hands. Okay. So if somebody needs a family lawyer, I was going to say expert. We're not allowed to say, am I allowed to say expert? I think I asked that before. You can. Okay, so if somebody needs a family lawyer, how can mm -hmm. they get a hold of you guys? They can call us at 908-284-6005. They can go to our website, dndfamilylaw.com. There's lots of free information there. You don't have to call us or want to talk to us if you just want to get free info about the process of divorce. I wrote a book about divorce you can download for free. What's it called? called it's called Divorce, The Answers You Need Before, During, and After. You took that pause there after divorce. I was going to be like, is that the whole title, Divorce? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Nice. All right. Is that available on the website or do I go to Kindle? How, how does it work? You can, get, you can buy it on Amazon, but you don't okay. have to. You can get it for free on my website. Okay. But you have to give me your email to get it. Sure. All right. You got it. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. I think that's the show. That was amazing. Thank you to our listeners, especially the subscribers. We really appreciate the support. Thank you to New Jersey Manufacturers Insurance Group, the official sponsor of the show. They do home, auto, and workers' comp. So check them out if you need some updated coverage. And finally, thank you to Roseanne DeTorres of DeTorres and DeGeorge Family Law for joining us today and becoming a member of the Hat Trick Club. Thank you guys so much. It's always great to talk to you. You too. Fantastic. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye.